0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDSE.
1: Palmabet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at ParmaBet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Welcome back. David Watson with you here on The Overnight Crowd. Hope you're enjoying the broadcast across your weekend and hopefully it's... Certainly a way to keep yourselves company into the early hours of the morning in particular. If you want to text in 0433 98 feel free to express your opinion. And we've got our cricket chat coming up with a man who I think has been on every show on this station at some point or another on SEN, Uh, Andrew Medzel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. A lot happening, even though... I guess the big ticket items in the Australian summer are over. There's still a lot happening domestically with the continuation of the Sheffield Shield. We've had the International T20 Series between Australia and Sri Lanka. And a lot of... Discussion about the crowds as well and whether the level of interest is there towards this back end of the summer. And of course, there's anticipation ahead of two big events. From a men's point of view, Australia head back to Pakistan to play a Test Series for the first time since 1998 when Mark Taylor made that famous, I think it was 334 not out when he drew with Bradman in terms of the highest score at that time by an Australian batsman in an innings. And also, from a women's point of view, the one-day International World Cup is on the horizon in New Zealand, and the players currently isolating there. I think they're out of isolation now as we speak. Andrew, a big welcome to the program. Good to catch up with you again, mate.
0: Yeah, good evening, Damien. Great to talk to you. I've got a bone to pick with you, though, because, oh. um, you know, you've taken a bit of a break from the overnight crowd, and Heat has been doing it out from the West, Yes, and uh He's he's been getting my co-host from Cricket Unfiltered on, Paul Dennett, so maybe he prefers a bit of Paul Dennett over Mennon. (laughs) I'm sure it's not personal. (laughs) But when he introduces Paul Dennett, he goes, award-winning cricket podcaster. Oh, sorry. Paul Dennett. And I I thought, I never got that introduction when I was with Damien Watson. I just get, you know, Mennon's from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast and they, you know, lay out the red carpet for Paul Dennett.
1: Oh, I apologise, mate. I will note that from now on. Uh, award-winning... What, this is in the podcast, awards, of course. Award-winning
0: cricket podcaster. No, that would be great.
1: All right. Award-winning cricket podcaster, Andrew Benzel, on the line with us. And uh, rightly so, too. I'm a big fan of that. And the Cricket Daily <laughs> stuff that uh, Menes does as well. Make sure you do check it out. And uh, great panellists also. And I like some of the one-on-one interviews he's done over the journey as well. Now... Let's turn our attention to some of the Mm. current events at hand. We'll start off with the Shield because that is very current. Two matches currently underway we'll start off with your Bob. New South Wales they're taking on Tasmania an intriguing battle this one as well it must be said so currently New South Wales were bowled out for 276 Tasmania for 213 New South Wales have just started their second dig at number eight so they effectively lead by 71 runs with the 10 wickets in hand coming into their second innings with two days remaining so delicately poised here New South Wales with the slight upper hand how have you seen the match so far?
0: Yeah, it's been a good match. New South Wales have put in a good performance with an inexperienced side. Uh, I guess a couple of players to note from New South Wales, one would be Chris Tremaine, who's a bit of a forgotten bowler of Australian cricket. Um, He he was very close to the Test team a few years ago after some stellar seasons with Victoria. Then he moved up north and he he hasn't played a lot of first-class cricket in the last couple of years. Um, But took five wickets today, the first time in, I think, three seasons. And just great to see him back in the wickets. But, yeah, he's a phenomenal bowler. And just, yeah, he's sort of been overtaken and forgotten. But it shouldn't be, um, you know, he had a couple of great years for Victoria. He's a terrific bowler. And the other one, Tanvir Sanger, the young leggy, took a few wickets for New South Wales. And he's a star on the rise. And I actually think we'll see him go to the subcontinent later this year um, to Sri Lanka and next year to India.
1: Just on that New South Wales bowling card as well, you noted the main wicket-takers, Tremaine and Sanger. Uh, there have been others there that may not have taken wickets but were still pretty economical. One I want to point out is Jack Edwards, who's come through the pathway system. I think he played for the Australian under-19 side. None for 13, 10 overs, four maidens. Uh, not a bad effort from the youngster when you consider that, yes, you know, wickets are nice, but the economy rate's pretty good too just to stifle the batsmen down.
0: Yeah, Jack Edwards is an interesting player. He's been around the New South Wales and Sydney Sixers team for a few seasons. Yep. He's been given a lot of opportunities. Um, he's grabbed a few of them. I think in the New South Wales fifty oversight, he's made a couple of centuries. One in the final last year. So he is a star on the rise. He probably hasn't quite nailed it with the bat at first class level. No. Uh, so, but he, he, you know, he's one to watch along with Jason Sanger. Um, and you're right, He's he's got some handy overs there in the middle. Um, yeah, he's a good little player.
1: No doubt about that. We're speaking with Andrew Menzel from the award-winning Cricket Unfiltered Podcast. So I've got that. That's part of the patent now, it's fair to say, and fair enough too. Victoria, take he your... would
0: even put it in the description. He would, like, write it in the, the podcast description afterwards. It was, like, a paragraph praising my co <laughs> Gee, he
1: has gone to the effort. See, one difference is with that. Hida is on air, I think, from, he's in WA, right? So they're three hours behind. So it's 8 p.m. till midnight. Whereas I finish uh, up when I'm podcasting at three in the morning, and I got work the next morning, so
0: a bit of a bit of a,
1: bit of a rush to get it—not a rush, but you know—I um, I always off. put you on. Yeah, they'll let me off. Uh, you let me off with that one. Uh, Victoria v Queensland. This looks like it may end up being a draw unless something dramatic happens here, Ben,ners because Queensland were bowled out for three forty nine, and Victoria, in response, one for one seventy two with a good partnership developing between Marcus Harris and Peter hanscombe after Travis Dean was dismissed pretty cheaply early on in the innings do you think it's going to be a draw is it a foregone conclusion
0: oh you would think so um but really interesting a uh, player in the first innings for queensland made a century on taboo um so that, that's a great effort yep. and jack then clayton. marcus harris yeah what, yeah jack what was it jack clayton yeah so that, that's he's full, he's bashed the door down with a ton of runs um at the level below i think over a thousand runs at second 11 and premier cricket level. And, um, yeah, just made a century on debut, So he's a player to watch. And then Marcus Harris uh, on the verge of another century. He's obviously off to Pakistan pretty soon. So although he's probably not going to be in the first test side against Pakistan, he takes um, some good form with him on the plane.
1: No doubt about that. And speaking of that series against Pakistan, are you excited? I mean, it's been a long time since Australia have toured there. 1998, of course, being the last time. And I mentioned that Mark Taylor triple hundred. I mean, how significant is this for Pakistan cricket, first of all, having Australia come over? Because there's been a lot of people, even after the announcement, thinking, well, we've heard all this before and it probably still won't go ahead. So we're getting closer and closer. It'd be nice to have a just a bruise-free series more than anything else.
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of get where, just, where the scepticism skeptic, is coming from. And I'm in that boat, too, Too until you know I see the Australian team getting on that plane and jetting off. I won't really believe it, but I'm pretty sure they're going to go. So far, we haven't had any players withdraw. Glenn Maxwell was unavailable selection, but everyone's been selected and they've said they're going. So we still might get some players pulling out in the next couple of weeks, but really excited. I mean, Australia hasn't had an overseas test tour since the Ashes in 2019. That is quite extraordinary.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. Just in terms of the conditions. Just give us an insight, because obviously in the subcontinent, there are vast differences to what we're used to in Australia. How do you think the Aussies will adapt?
0: Yeah, I've... Uh, look, my limited knowledge and intel over the, what the pitches will be like would seem to indicate that they're actually not going to be real sort of uh, bunsen burners, real spinning wickets like you'll get in India, because uh, Pakistan have some very good fast bowlers that swing the ball and They'll want a bit of life in the pitch to give them a chance against Australia's top order. So I think we might see sort of similar to Aussie wickets, probably a bit harder and they'll spin a bit more from sort of day three. But I think there'll be a bit of life in them for the quicks early. So we won't see the sort of pitches that we've sort of seen in India and maybe Sri Lanka as well, where they're sort of spinning, um, you know, a few feet before lunch on the first day.
1: Yeah, it's a good point you make. And I wonder how the Aussies will adapt as well. And what about for the Pakistan fans out there? Because it's a big population. People forget it's a massive population in Pakistan and cricket's the main sport. It's almost treated at divine proportions, really. I mean, hopefully we'll see a decent crowd.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Pakistan Super League's being played there they're at massive. the moment. Yeah, so they're getting a lot of support. So, look, I think that this will be great for cricket in Pakistan. England pulled out recently. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be well supported if the Aussies go. I don't think the the public will get very close to the Aussie team. I think there's going to be a lot of security. But, yeah, it'd be great if it goes ahead. I did note that um, James Faulkner tweeted out... Um, this evening, I saw just before our chat that he's actually pulled out of the Pakistan Super League because of something um, wrong with his contract or he's not getting paid and mm. he's actually leaving. So just keep an eye on that one, James Faulkner. This is a bit, bit of an issue uh, uh, in other T20 leagues where players aren't paid. Now, Faulkner's left, so that's just an interesting subplot. It's
1: unforgivable, really. <laughs> I mean, surely yeah, you meet your not agreements. Yeah, I know. And it's surprising given the Pakistan Super League is actually really well embraced locally. You don't see much of it internationally. Uh, to the extent of the IPL, for instance, but within Pakistan, it's it's a big deal, I guess, the Pakistan Super League. What about...
0: It's a great tournament. No. It, it sort of rivals the Big Bash because it, it has about the same level of imports as the Big Bash, but the big difference is all the best players from Pakistan are available. Yeah. It's a really interesting case study because I think if you put in our best players, you would lift the tournament up significantly.
1: Andrew Menzel from the award-winning Cricket Unfiltered podcast on the line. Just on that point, Meners, you talked about the differences between the PSL and the Big Bash League. I haven't spoken to you for a while. What did you make of the Big Bash and perhaps the perceived lack of interest with crowds? I mean, I know COVID sort of spread around that time, but then again, towards the end of January, you had decent enough crowds at the tennis. You had 27,000 go to a Socceroos game. And the at marvel stadium they were lucky to get a few there was some times where they got a few hundred so there it's more than just covid isn't it there is an issue there you would have to say
0: oh yeah definitely they have to react quickly to the the reaction of the tournament this year it just wasn't as well received the the tv figures were down the crowds were down they had significant challenges with covid to navigate so i I feel really sorry for the organisers because, you know, they have had lots of ideas to resuscitate the competition, but COVID's made it impossible to implement them, things like international drafts and, and other things like that. So this year was kind of about survival. But I have to say, just from a personal point of view, I found it pretty difficult to get into the big batch this year. It just didn't quite have the the, the quality of previous years. And, uh, but yeah, as I said, the Pakistan Super League's a great case study because, If they could just get our best players in, it would lift the standard. And and that's what they need to do. And and I can see why people are switching off. I mean, there's a lot of games, and if they're not high quality, it won't hold an audience.
1: That's a good point you make. Andrew Benzel from the award-winning Cricket Unfiltered podcast on the line. Now, with Justin Langer obviously no longer the coach, how do you think the Australians will adapt to a new set of directions and a new set of values to be put in by the coach, particularly on a foreign tour? Will it be a little bit overwhelming or do you think they're professional enough to, to adapt pretty quickly?
0: Uh, there's no adaption at all needed. I mean, this is what the players wanted. They wanted Andrew McDonald to be in charge. They made it really clear publicly and privately that they wanted Langer out and McDonald to take the reins for the moment. So I think they'll be really happy. I just hope that the results uh, match what Langer was able to get out of them in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, I think that players really like Andrew McDonald. I think it'll be interesting to see the way Pat Cummins captains when test matches aren't, so easy. I mean, he had it, you know, pretty easy against the the palms. They weren't really much competition. And in the one match in Sydney where it was a tight contest, you know, there's a few things I think come and learnt. So I'm I'm really curious how he reacts to some you know tough Test matches overseas.
1: No doubt about that. And also, one I want to discuss in terms of a point as well, the Women's World Cup coming up, the one-day International World Cup. The players are currently isolating over there. It's been interesting watching the Aussie women's team recently. They were pretty dominant in the end in the Ashes overall, aside from that tight test match. And Meg Lanning copped a lot of flack for, I guess, the the tactics on the last day, giving England basically a... Lead in, Although I thought it made the Test match pretty exciting. So I'm not as critical of Meg as probably others are. But even some of the uh, selection decisions, it's funny, five years ago when selection decisions came up for the women's team, not many people took much interest, but now it seems to be growing and growing, which is probably a good thing for the women's game. And you look at, for instance, Amanda J. Wellington, who's now back in the World Cup squad. She was a leading wicket taker of the WBBL, and yet she was left out. Of the women's ashes team. Uh, that created a lot of discussion. Uh, so it is interesting the way the dynamics of the women's team take shape as well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, the game's taking off, and I, I agree with you that it's a great sign that people are starting to look critically at the team and uh, critically at selection. And, and now it's not just a few cricketers that the general public knows, you know, Elisa Healy, Elise Perry, Meg Lanning, they've always. Have uh, been really popular, but you know the whole whole squad's well known. They're all um, stars, and you know people want to see their best players playing. And if they're left out, they get annoyed. So the the team's going from strength to strength. I, I love the test match, and I, I feel that maybe they need to look at having more test matches in the women's ashes. I'd actually like to see three T20s, three test matches and three ODIs because that one test match left me wanting more mm. and then, you know, we're not going to get another test match for a couple of years
1: Yeah, you're right, uh, it's too too much I suppose it becomes a money issue more than anything else whether they can that's actually it stage is. it and, and that's what it comes down to but hopefully, it's funny though because you look back four or five years ago, there were actually more test matches in women's cricket compared to today, there's actually less at the moment compared to what it was, so It's interesting in that sense. How do you think the Aussies will go in the Women's World Cup?
0: I mean, they start as favourites, and I think they deserve that, and I think they'll do well. But in the last World Cup, they were upset in the semi-final by India. I think we saw throughout the summer that as good as Australia are, India and England can still challenge Australia when they're having a good day. So that's what Australia has to be wary of, but they go in as clear favourites. They've just got all bases covered. But I, I think, you know, India and England are still the teams to watch out for and I guess New Zealand on home home turf could be the smokies.
1: And last what I want to touch on, Australia and Sri Lanka taking on each other at a T twenty international with further action to come. What did you make of the crowd? The I guess, relatively poor crowd at the MCG on Friday night when you consider probably the majority were Sri Lankans because they love going to watch their team play. And there's a high proportion of a Sri Lankan population in Melbourne in particular. So that probably made up <laughs> the majority of the crowd. Is it lacking a bit of relevance, do you think? Or, like, I, I like watching it, but people are thinking, well, what's the point of having it? Not, what's it mean, I guess, this series?
0: Mm. Yeah, I think it's a TV sport now, uh, that T20 series, I think. It's great to be able to, as you say, sit at home and watch it. And going out there is probably a different story. Uh, I was actually pretty happy that they got almost fifteen thousand there, compared to what they got at the SCG of yeah. about six and a half thousand the week before. I thought that was a pretty good result. Uh, I, I think the series is, you know, it hasn't had a lot of attention, and since February, it's behind the paywall. It's, as you say, it's pretty sort of there's no real context to it. Uh, but it is surprising. I mean, you think of years past, you know, when a world champion Australian team comes home and starts playing, you know, the crowd would want to get out there and see them. Uh, but But I do have to be a bit critical because... I mean, I don't think opening the batting with Ashton Agar is going to do anything for the crowd. He's a fine cricketer, but I think that's such a strange thing to do. You've got Moses Enriquez on the bench. You've got fine hitters down the order. And if you're just a casual fan and you turn on and you see Agar's opening the batting, it's you know, it's like a big bash game.
1: Well, fair enough. All right, Andrew Menzel, really appreciate your time. What are you up to over the next week? you just be sitting on the couch watching the cricket?
0: Now, I'm making history on Sunday. I'm commentating on the New South Wales Women's Premier cricket, and it's the first time that's been streamed on Good KO. Stuff. Ever. women's uh, premier cricket history. So I'm um, doing that with Michelle Gosco, former Australian cricketer, and Charlotte Annavelt, And, yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Well, good luck with that. Hope you have a fantastic time. Meners, appreciate your time as
0: always. Thanks, Damien. Cheers. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo
1: passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.